Hello, my name's Andrew Levy. And I'm Rory <laughs> Shabalala. <laughs> you're trying, you're trying. Welcome to the show. It's the Kodza Show on Friday. It's just gone 9.02. Hey, today we're going to be learning a little bit of Zulu. Let's try to figure out what this guy had to say. In Johannesburg, it's... All right, so <laughs> I'm not sure what that meant, to be honest. I'm, a, I'm just starting Zulu. Well, look. Uh, and it was it, deep, it, eh? It was really deep. In short, he spoke about fleas and lice. That That's what I thought. Intuala. Intuala is yeah, put out in the sun to dry, oh and these people gosh. must be sent packing. That is the king of the Zulus, Goodwill Zuelitini. So he said, basically, these foreigners, at least he asked nicely. Well, Get-tela. he called them fleas and lice. But, well, did he call them fleas and lice? Well, I think I think that's the problem. We need to we need to un- we need to unpack this today on the show. We're speaking about xenophobia, and more importantly, not what's happened, but why is there no leadership? What is going on? What do we do about it? Yeah, it's been it's been really shocking from government all the way through to civil society across the board. We have just not seen moral courage and leadership that 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 is akin of a country that has inherited the legacy of of Nelson Mandela and the generation of seventy six. We're going to be speaking to a whole bunch of different people from different walks of life as we do here on uh, the Konza Show. Oh eight six one five 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 one eight nine or at Yebo underscore L E V Y. Um, you can tweet us. Let us know your thoughts about what's going on. Why don't we start here and see how we go from there? In Johannesburg's CBD, foreign businesses have closed shop in response to threats. The attacks on foreign nationals started about two weeks ago in townships. King Goodwill Zuelitini publicly said immigrants should pack their bags and leave the country. More police have been deployed to the province. Foreigners are easy targets for criminals in townships. They are considered walking cash machines. Two Ethiopians were burnt alive when a petrol bomb was thrown into their shop. And when the police came, they were not able to control the situation. Perhaps as government, we have not been very quick in addressing these issues. To date, only a handful have appeared in court for the crimes. One of the protesters is attacked as the demonstration ends, allegedly by a group of locals renewing the crowd's anger. There's no future here anymore because right now the time we are talking here they still break it, they still break the shop there you know in 2008 my salary was enough for a two liter two liter bottle of oil my salary that was it that's when i came here it was very bad it was very bad if given a choice i, would, I didn't want to come the side and there's nothing i can do here they are blaming us for taking their jobs we're working the, the most terrible jobs. Yo, what, what, where do we go from there, Rory? I mean, what is, what's been your experience just uh, going through this uh, for the last, I suppose, eight days now? Hey, man, it's, 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 been, it's been heart-wrenching. It's just been sad to see, you know. And, and I think the bigger question, you know, once you're sad, once you felt the sadness, once you felt the hurt, the question is then, so what? You know, and that's that's the big problem that I'm faced with. The, the the dilemma is, 
yeah, I can be as upset and as angry as and as as sad as I want to be, but how does that change the situation? But but I've been tweeting like <laughs> mad. Surely that helps. Yeah, exactly. And and so what? Xenophobia, eh? which well, is spelled wrong. Yeah, and and, and <laughs> or is it Afrophobia? You know, the, 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 there's been this big argument that xenophobia means all foreigners. Afrophobia specifically refers to Africans, and that's what we're seeing right now. Because they know, they know, they know white British people getting attacked, right? Well, not now, and ov- obviously, uh, 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 our friend, not that they should. Our friend old saying, Bob, yeah. our friend old Bob said, uh, said, uh, made a statement, or is alleged to have made a statement, that's very interesting there, where he said, uh, you know, uh, South Africans will gladly push over the statue of a dead white man, yet they do not have the courage to slap a live one, but they're very willing to stone a foreigner, a black foreigner, to death. Bob, he can still talk. Eh? He can still talk. That guy. Well, it's. Uh, I mean, is is does he have a point? I, I think let's. If we remove the character of Bob, um, does he have a point? And I'm not talking necessarily about you know going and slapping white people, but uh, it seems we we we're just picking on 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 the weakest in society. Is mm, that is that the really most marginalized? Is right? that the legacy of 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 that we received from the June '76 uh, generation? We're going to be speaking to uh, a 1976, uh, I suppose, stalwart of, of South African society. He was part of the, the Soviet uprising. We're also going to be speaking to some uh, heavyweights in society about what they think regarding uh, regarding the xenophobic stuff. You know, it's all very well to, to go on Twitter and, and have your peace, but what are we doing about it? Um, we're also speaking to an archbishop. What is the church doing about it? We, you remember those days back in, back in apartheid when... Uh, uh, old Desmond Tutu, Archbishop at the time, 1985, if I'm correct, it was a Wednesday morning, and he ran to someone's aide who was getting necklaced mm. and stopped them from necklacing. He put his own life on the line. Exactly. Have you seen any of that? <clears throat> haven't seen any of it. We've seen a lot of press statements, but you haven't seen anyone. You know, the church likes to speak about standing in the gap. We haven't seen anyone standing in the gap like Archbishop Desmond Tutu did at the time. And that's a question we need to ask. So what we're seeing across society is that everybody's saying, where is government? But we're all leaders in our different domains. Why are we not taking ownership of this thing in our little spaces and doing something about it? Or is tweeting enough? Is that, is that, is that our is freedom Is that a new fight? form of activism? Yeah, is that, and should we be hating, you know? But, Andrew, you said, you, you told me that you, you felt physically sick when you saw some of the, the videos. Tell me more. So, so one of the videos that went viral over the last uh, couple of days was a video of what looked to be a very, very angry Zulu crowd and a whole bunch of young foreign nationals getting necklaced. Um, and necklacing is such a intense form of, of aggression. Um, if, if you don't know the idea and the terminology behind it, basically you, you stick a tire over someone pour petrol over it and, and set it alight and, and watch it go up in flames. Um, I watched this video in absolute disgust and complete disbelief, I suppose. How is this happening in South Africa? Following that, I got a tweet from the EFF yesterday. Uh, or the EFF always comes to my rescue. Eh? Mm-hmm. And they actually said that that wasn't a xenophobic attack. It was taken this year, but it was taken out in Rustenburg, and it was South Africans against South Africans. So thank goodness. Eh? I mean, that makes it all better, to be <laughs> honest. But it, it's interesting you raise, uh, you raise Rustenburg. I was just wondering, and perhaps we can put it to one of our guests today. 
Um, has has our Deputy President Cyril Ramaphosa sent oh. anyone an email asking for concomitant action? Um, Wouldn't you, you love know? to see those emails? Huh? <clears throat> yeah, well, ha- has it happened, or was that just reserved for when his assets were were, were in jeopardy? <laughs> you know, so so it would be it would be quite interesting to find out what is government doing. I mean, all we've heard from government is also just a lot of statements. What we've heard from all of the political parties is a load of statements. The question is, who's there? Who's on the ground? Who's making sure who's forming a human chain around uh, the shops of foreigners and making sure that they're not attacked who Mm. is showing us that moral courage of the generation of 1976 well that's the problem isn't it there's is there anyone is there any one organization that's actually that actually looks after the rights of foreigners in south africa i mean that that for me is the big thing i've been looking for the whole week to find a group uh that is dedicated to the safety and security of foreign you know foreign nationals in south africa can't seem to find one. Yeah, well, we, we hear about the gift of the givers providing relief, but is relief enough? What's happening at an education level to make sure that this does not happen? What's happening at an intervention level to make sure that when this is happening, there is immediate intervention making sure that this stops? And also at a relief level, what's happening? As we saw pictures and, and, and footage of the DA, for example, visiting one of the camps, the refugee camps. And uh, Oh, they've, they've been active this week. I thought they were just still trying to organize Muzi Maimane's speech. I'm sorry about that. Apologies. <laughs> well, they sent, they sent one or two people. She tried to barge in, to, from what I saw on TV, tried to barge in. She was stopped. She was very upset. And uh, and she said it was her right to go in there, but they kept saying that you are invading the privacy of these people. So so they'll say, look, we've we've tried, but the question is, where were you when this was happening? We've known about this for a long time, mm. and it's just been talk. Yesterday in Parliament, again, it was just a whole lot of talk, no action. What's happening? All right, if you, uh, I mean, you might know a little bit about the xenophobic attacks. You might be following this in the news, hearing about the unfortunate results of. Uh, of uh, an Ethiopian being burnt to death uh, out in uh, the south of KwaZulu-Natal. Um, we, we're going to put up a whole bunch of stuff on our social media at yebo underscore L-E-V-Y at cliffcentral.com. Check out the articles as we go throughout the day. Uh, of course, you can WeChat us as well. Uh, some comments coming through and tweets. Uh, we welcome your thoughts. Uh, Sonia Doe, uh, she says, Morning, guys. I'm a foreigner studying at the University of Stellenbosch, and I'm studying social work. And after I finish my studies, I will take my skills elsewhere or because of the xenophobic attacks on my fellow people. I mean, why not? Well, it's very interesting. She refers to herself as a foreigner. I read an article where, where, where somebody was vociferous in saying there is no foreigner in Africa. Right, so so all these people, these are these are colonial borders that were set up, mm. and are these are these uh, uh, xenophobic attackers um, perpetuating a colonial legacy? You know, are they, and are they doing it deliberately? Well, we know that uh, the Nguni tribe stems from right deep up there in, in the Congo, and has come down through throughout. Uh, uh, throughout Tanzania, throughout Zimbabwe, throughout Mozambique, and then into obviously mm. what is now known as KwaZulu-Natal. Mm. Well, they they don't see themselves as, as as foreign anymore. And the question then is is what happens when we have chased all the so-called foreigners out the country? Do we then turn on vendors and Zul and and Sotos and and <laughs> Debeles and so on? And it's not it's not inconceivable to think that that could happen. And are the white people uh, removed from that? Do they just get a free ticket out, or are we going for them next? Well, who knows? Knows, eh? I mean, uh, if, if 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 Rob Mugabe is to be is to be taken seriously, then it would mean that uh, they they immediately come onto the menu. 
Rory, you know, the one thing that's, that's interested me throughout these last two weeks is we see xenophobic attacks and we clamp people. And by clamping, I mean we clamp foreign nationals into this bracket of foreign nationals and we clamp the, the attackers, the perpetrators as just these looters, that these people that are doing violent things that are against foreigners. But what is it? to actually be against, uh, you know, foreigners in our land. What are they saying? We, we found someone who's willing to speak about it. Um, his name is Lebo Matloung, and uh, we've got him on the line at the moment, and uh, I want to bring him into the conversation now because it's, it's no good just to say, you know, these people. Who are these people, and what are they, what are they actually up to? Lebo, uh, thank you so much for joining us on Cliff Central this morning. Uh, good morning to you. Good morning. How are you? Very, very good. Thank you. So, tell us, Lebo, you're from where? Where exactly are you from in South Africa? I'm from Soweto. So, Protestant. We know that there's been there's been issues there before uh, regarding these xenophobic attacks. Talk to talk to us a little bit about you know uh, what it's like and what are your feelings about foreigners in our country. There, there's no problem with these people in our country. What I said before and what I'm still gonna say is that. These people, before they can come into our country, they need to be screened. You know what I'm saying? Because some of these people are criminals. They ran away from their own country. And the money that they make in our country, they go and finance people like Sokong Haram and stuff. They uh, finance the criminal activities that are happening around the world. And excluding that, besides that, these people, if now you can try to go to our city, Joseph, for a... For the example, you can you cannot go there at night. If you go there, they own that uh, that city of ours. Level, level. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry to cut you in here, but uh, how sure are you of this? And 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 what what makes you believe that it's all of them? It cannot be all of them, but you, uh, uh, remember, one we take it and make the whole back there rotten and stuff. So, 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 do you support the xenophobic violence that we've seen in Soweto and that's happening in Durban as well? Not really. Not really. I'm supporting it. What I'm saying is, if these people maybe can be uh, can be taken back home and then let them come in screen and stuff, things like this won't happen. You know, like and then like like um, Kare said, uh, that uh, 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 Africa. Like our uh, our ex-president said, like Africans for Africans, yes. But you cannot go to Zimbabwe and do whatever that is happening in South Africa and go do it in Zimbabwe. If you can go and do it in Zimbabwe, and God is going to tell you. Do you know of any xenoph- Do you know of any of any people who have attacked foreigners? Uh, at the moment, I don't know anyone. No one at all. So, so, so you have not been involved. You have not witnessed these things. You're just supporting from a distance. Yes. Lebo, um, please tell us what other what other reasons. So you said crime is a big issue, and you 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 feel that this crime is being committed by foreigners. What other issues do you think are behind these xenophobic attacks? Oh, the other thing: these people, when they make money in our in our country, this money doesn't do. Much into our economy. Our economy is, is is going down and up because of these people. Whenever they make their own money, they just take it to their country, and then doesn't it doesn't do much effect into our economy. That's one of the other things that makes me angry. You understand my point, I think. 
I get you, level. So, 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 but how do you know this? You know, how much, how much of their money flows out of the economy? How do you know? How does it flow out of the economy? You know how, how much money do, you, do these people make a day? Yes, and and do they not then spend it on food and and rent and so on in South Africa? No, I don't think so because these people they don't even take it to our our own bank. There's some bank there I saw within uh, there's a bank I don't know what what's the name of the bank where they go. That's why they uh, I, I can I I don't know how to put this. So, Lebo, do you feel do you feel that uh, South Africans are any better spending their money in Woolworths on 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 items that are bought from overseas and going to Edgar's and buying Guess jeans and Levi's jeans and so on? So, so are, are South Africans any better in terms of spending the money on South African things? <laughs> I'm not quite sure about that one, but as long as that money is gonna be. It's gonna be paid back to uh, to the tax and stuff. I think it's, it's fair, you know. But you're saying you, you're saying that you don't you don't like the fact that foreigners take their money outside of the country. That's a big reason, and that is why it justifies them yeah, getting hurt. Take the money directly without paying any tax directly, just taking all of it. You don't even leave a cent of it uh, in South Africa. Just take it back to your country, and then I don't know how you're going to spend it in your country, but you're just taking it there. Level um, that. A man called Akil Mbembe wrote an article where he quotes another supporter of of xenophobia as saying, Under apartheid, fire was the only weapon we blacks had. We did not have ammunition, guns, and the likes. With fire, we could make petrol bombs and throw them at the enemy from a safe distance. Today, there is no need for distance any longer. To kill these foreigners, we need to be as close as possible to the body, which we then set in flames or dissect each blow opening a huge wound that can never be healed or if it is healed at all it must leave uh, it must leave behind scars that can never be erased how does that make you feel yeah that's very sad eh? but uh, what the uh, one more thing that i can tell you uh, once these people are starting to try and threaten us in our own country telling telling us what must we do it's another big problem so what were they expecting us to do Okay. All right, Lebo, just last question from, from my side. Do you think that because they're stealing our jobs, we should uh, be attacking them and we should be killing them? No. All right, there you go. Lebo Matlong, he's from uh, Soweto Protea North. Thank you so much for joining us on the show. One of the people that want foreigners to go. It's very, very interesting, and you can hear that he's passionate about this, that, that he actually believes in this. And, I mean, on WeChat, some people are saying all that the man is saying is absolute rubbish. He's one of the instigators. Let's speak to 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 uh, our so-called leaders here. Let's find out what they're actually saying about the whole thing. We've got... Uh, the now Archbishop uh, Tabo Mahoba online. Uh, he's from Cape Town. Uh, Archbishop, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, he seems to have dropped us. That's nice. Um, a true leader. Hey? <laughs> well, look, look, Andrew. I think, I think. Look, they're, they're not so-called leaders, right? They are leaders. Okay, so 
they they should be taking accountability. Uh, I mean, the story of of Desmond Tutu going out, putting his life on the line. Mm. I think that's the thing that we're talking about here. It, it, it's very easy to make comments and so on, but not to put anything on the line, right? It's it's too easy to to approach this from an arm's length. And we're asking why are our leaders not not in there, in the depths of it, making sure that these things are not happening? Now remember. Uh, people like Lebo are, are, are ordinary human beings, right? So if you ask him what are his dreams, what are his fears and so on, you realize that this is a person, he's not some savage with a panga who sleeps with a panga mm. in his bed. These yep. are people who are walking around us. And what are our leaders doing to make sure that we start to shape um, the moral conscience of, of, of South Africans? It's a very interesting question. I mean, we, we see these people as non-human. A lot of uh, WeChat uh, comments coming through, and please do keep them coming. Mfundo says, guys, I don't support the foreigners uh, attacking uh, or the foreign attacks but really those guys are big drug dealers in our country they should have uh, been asked kindly to leave uh, but not this way Benny's said this label call is so ignorant it's agonizing to hear him talk I agree with that and uh, Kali says did Boko Haram really threaten South Africa well we'll speak about that just after this uh, Archbishop uh, Tabo Mahoba is online now Archbishop thank you so much for joining us Thank you, Andrew. Uh, good morning, and good morning to your listeners. Good morning, Archbishop. It's Rory Sang here. Uh, hello, hello, Rory Sang. Um, Archbishop, uh, we, we've read of stories of uh, Archbishop Desmond Tutu, who in 1985 stood in the gap between a mobbing protester, uh, mobbing protesters that wanted to necklace uh, a, a person who was suspected of being an impimpi, an apartheid impimpi. He stood yeah. in the gap. Um, yeah. and, and, and the question then is, why does it seem like the church in the xenophobic uh, situation is, is taking an arm's length situation, just issuing statements, but we're not seeing them on the ground, standing in the gap? Uh, if, if, if you watched uh, carefully the, uh, the march in, in Durban yesterday, uh, and you, you would have spotted some clerics in, in, in purple, some, some in black, really standing uh, uh, in the gap. So uh, it would seem uh, the camera possibly uh, focused on those that threw stones. But uh, it's not uh, being defensive, but I'm saying we could stand in the gap more, mm. uh, like uh, the times of Desmond Tutu. And uh, we need um, uh, to be sending messages uh, condemning uh, this domestic violence. Uh, we can't afford to see people dying again. It is very alarming. And we can't allow the, the, the possible uh, revenge attack. Uh, this is not going to... It is very painful. And uh, I don't want to point fingers. I'm saying this is an opportunity for all of us to have deep introspection and say, it can't happen in our name. It is deplorable. Um, African migrants are Africans. They are God's people, and they deserve uh, the dignity uh, and protection that we enjoy as South Africans. Yes, uh, there are legitimate uh, uh, concerns, and uh, service delivery issues. There are injustices of the past. There's inequality of opportunity, and there's outrage towards corruption. So all these things. Are, are melting, and uh, all of us, political leadership, business, civic society, press, uh, the church, needs to take part in making South Africa work. Archbishop, I'm sorry to interrupt there, but you said you, you don't want to point fingers. Um, if you were to point fingers, who would you be pointing them at? I would point fingers at myself as a South African for not being, uh, for not standing in the gap. That's first and foremost. I'll point fingers at myself for really not being uh, 
uh, there and strong enough in, in pushing for Ubuntu, in pushing for constitutional values of respect and dignity. And then I will ask South Africans to say, please, uh, let's look at the ingredients of the old struggle. And one key ingredient of the old struggle was courage. South Africans are lacking courage at the moment. But equally, South Africans who try uh, to show courage are heavily punished and penalized. And so already in that statement, you can see I'm pointing fingers at those who penalize South Africans who, who show courage. So, but I'm pointing, pointing fingers at all of us, and all of us can make South Africa work, and all of us can make South Africa attain the potential and the unique uh, destiny that South Africa uh, has to attain. Uh, Archbishop, what would standing in the gap look like uh, in practical terms, um, starting with the church and then with ordinary South Africans such as myself and Andrew? I think uh, standing in the gap uh, uh, would look like uh, like this uh, for me. One, informing yourself of what are the core issues. And uh, two, reading a bit of history in terms of uh, the fact that we were migrants at some stage during apartheid time, and how were we treated? We were treated with dignity and respect. And the honorable thing is just to return that dignity and respect to everybody that we meet. And then secondly, for each South African, we need to really see the other as radiating the spark of the divine. Because if we see another as a cockroach, if we see the other as a different and don't celebrate difference, we are bound to want to wipe um, Archbishop, sorry to interrupt again. Why should these xenophobic attackers stop attacking foreign nationals? Just because we say so? I mean, what's what's the intrinsic factors that are going to actually inspire them to stop? They've started. Why don't they keep going? I think what will inspire them is really clear, robust uh, leadership. If you guys there from the radio just say stop. South Africans are generally uh, good people. Uh, with good intentions, and we, we, we have a wonderful constitution within us, very forgiving. We have forgiven in the past. Uh, we have listened to our leaders, but we need robust uh, leaders who really stick their necks. Archbishop, uh, Rory Sang, Andrew, um, somebody in the kitchen, somebody in the perspective floor, the business owners to actually say, enough is enough, not in our name. At the moment, we are too scared. Archbishop, we those things come after the fact. They come after the after the fact when people have been necklaced in the streets. They come after the fact when people have been brutalized in the most violent of ways. Um, what can we do before and during um, these these events? So so what do, we 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 can come in and do relief work. But what can we do? I understand you say we needed to educate ourselves on a preventative level, but at an intervention level, at the time when we're seeing people being attacked and we are members in communities sitting in our homes or, or, or taking pictures with our smartphones of these things happening, what could we be doing that, that, that is more meaningful than just doing that? Uh, I, I think uh, you're right. By the time uh, we take pictures uh, with our smartphones, it's too late. Those things are happening. Mm. Uh, what we need to be doing is we need to have ongoing discussion on South Africa's transformation. We need to be, because xenophobia is racism. We need to be talking about the things that we are scared of talking about. We need to be talking about 
how do we uh, deal with difference? Maybe there may not be racism, there may not be xenophobia. How do we deal with a disability? How do we deal uh, with the poor? When somebody uh, stops you at the robots and asks for, for food, or he gives you uh, jokes for money, do you open the window and greet them, or do you just uh, shun and look the other side? So small things that really can make South Africa cohere, Ubuntu, just practical Ubuntu. And then, well, we can do ambulance service when they are heads of court, but we can then return and discuss and, uh, and inform ourselves. Of course, I mean, as a former teacher and a preacher, I think nothing beats educating ourselves and informing ourselves that uh, difference uh, is to be celebrated. We don't need to bash each other. We are all God's people. Archbishop, on, on the statement you said that we are God's people, you sent out a statement saying foreigners are God's people too. Uh, yes. May I ask, when was the last time that you that that you or the church spoke to God about all this, and what did he what did he say? You know, what is God thinking about this as he as he as he as he watches the things that we're doing to our African uh, brothers and sisters? Uh, uh, God is weeping. Uh, God uh, God is being stabbed. Uh, when the African brother and sister is dead, God is weeping and God is crying when the the locals do not have jobs and when the locals' service provision is not met. Uh, God is weeping when South Africans don't engage uh, themselves in rigorous self-examination in order to make South Africa work. And so I, I, I have uh, morning prayer every day at Bishop Scott with my staff. Uh, that's how I start my day, and, uh, and I pray. And uh, I know most churches, not only the Anglican churches, they, uh, they, they speak to God. And I know uh, through your questioning now, and both of us are speaking to God, and God is listening. And, um, and perhaps uh, God is uh, right there in the thick of things. Uh, God is killing the xenophobic violence and, and marginalization. Uh, Archbishop, thank you so much for, for talking to us today. We really appreciate it and we do hope that you rally your, your communions and, and get them to, to stand up against uh, xenophobia, not only in KwaZulu-Natal but across the land. Thank you very much for yeah. speaking to us today. Indeed, we will, we will do that. Thank you, sir. Bishop uh, Tabo Machoba, he is praying from Bishop's Court. Let's hope that uh, they hear that out in Kasi, here in uh, Deep Salute, <laughs> Alex and Soweto. Uh, interesting uh, comments coming through on WeChat. Uh, Kim saying, that caller really angered me. I'm assuming it's not Archbishop. He's making blank statements and tarring all non-South Africans with the same brush. There are thousands of non-residents who are honest and are hard-working people. I've employed a non-resident Malawian over a local person because I get fed up with the attitude of local people I employ. Uh, I mean, that's the one thing we didn't speak about, Rory, which is how much does or do foreign nationals actually bring to the economy? How many people, South Africans, do they employ? And the answer is actually quite a few. The the city press uh, in the beginning of this year when we started to see a a few xenophobic attacks happen uh, produced this amazing article. We'll put it up on Twitter, at Yebo underscore L-E-V-Y. Check it out about the statistics about how much foreign nationals actually contribute to South Africa. 
Yeah, but uh, I mean, she raises she raises an interesting point. She says she's preferring now to hire uh, uh, foreign nationals than South Africans. So, does that then mean that there's merit to to the idea that uh, foreigners are stealing jobs? Um, we 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 went out and we interviewed a few people uh, uh, this past week, and we found out we we spoke to some um, to some foreign nationals who said, you know what, South Africans are lazy and they lack imagination, and perhaps that's the problem. So 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 is the problem that South Africans are lazy and lack imagination or is it that we're encouraging this to happen by employing foreign nationals when there are plenty of, of South Africans who do not have jobs mm. one of our uh, local listeners here Natasha says just last week you guys spoke about the Kenya saga and the Somalian representative um, said that uh, we foresaw these attacks happening any specific reasons that he foresaw this? I mean, I can't speak about him, but I think he, he definitely is at the tipping point of, of all action that happens to foreign nationals, specifically Somalians. So he probably had his finger on the pulse with, with regards to this. Finger on the pulse, Andrew. You, that's, that's the right word. Finger on the pulse. And again, you know, Kim says uh, that, that she's angry. Um, and, and yes, valid. We're angry. I'm angry. I'm upset. I'm sad. Uh, uh, but then the question of the show is then, so what? Mm. Um, so, so what, what, what do we then do with that anger? You know, how do we change the situation? Mm. You know, we, we, we spoke about leaders and them lacking a voice in this space. Uh, Spencer makes a really interesting point, which is, uh, Zuel and Zima, uh, or Zelatini's silence at this point is absolutely deafening. He had a lot to say before this began, and that's absolutely true, isn't it? It's interesting that uh, the, the the Zulu nation has has prided itself on on courage and so on, and it looks like uh, the king of the Zulus has gone into hiding, seemingly, which is which which seems to be counter the legacy of uh, King Shaka. Well, we've got a government official on the on the air now speaking to us about what their thoughts on xenophobia are. Uh, thank you so much uh, for joining us, and good morning to you. Well, that's just it, isn't it? There's absolutely no voice from the government that's actually worthwhile hearing. So why don't we just move on from that? Uh, let's move on. <laughs> let's, let's, uh, let's, find out, let's find out from the generation of 76, people who were actually there on the ground doing something. Let's find out uh, what it was like. What did it take for them to risk their lives? And are we a generation of tweeting wimps? We are joined on the line by Seth Mazibuko. Seth, thank you so much for joining us and good morning to you. We seem to have lost Seth, unfortunately. We are having gremlins today, aren't we? We're having absolute gremlins on the phones today. All right, well, he was uh, one of the, the stalwarts of the 1976 uprising, and uh, I think he has some very strong views as to what young South Africans should be doing today. It is yeah. difficult, though. I mean, think about this, Rory, from their side for a second. I'm not saying that we sh- I'm not condemning their actions. Um, and when I say there, I'm talking about young South Africans who are feeling a little marginalized at the moment. Um, they don't have a job. They live in a township community. Um, they, you know, they have no opportunities. Their education is very, very poor. And, you know, where do they go from here? Government promised them in 94 that things are going to change. And from their perspective, nothing's changed. Yeah, uh, it, 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 this is a complex issue. It's, it's what they call a wicked problem, a messy problem, you know. And, and, and one of the hallmarks of wicked problems is that um, when you try to solve one problem, another one 
crops up. Now, we've got a problem here of, of young people not having jobs. We've got foreigners who are coming in with qualifications. Um, we need to grow the economy. We need those qualified people to be working. I mean, the United States economy was built by foreigners. But at the same time, people are looking at this, and in, in an environment of rel- relative poverty, this becomes an issue. So, so this is a wicked problem, and I think we should be careful as well not to be simplistic about it. But we do need to demand that we do need to act immediately to stop the xenophobia. Is there a point to be made about how you know we say that these people aren't xenophobic they're just you know they're just uh, people who are doing crime does that not just then negate the fact that south africans are responsible for what's going on here well i don't want to get into semantics so whatever it is whether it's crime whether it's xenophobia it's wrong and it needs to stop uh, these are human lives these are people with children these are these are these are mothers these are fathers these are these are sons and daughters um, and no one deserves this especially um, and and maybe especially is the wrong word because it, it 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 seems to suggest that others deserve it but no one deserves it our brothers and sisters from the african continent Definitely do not deserve this, particularly because they stack, they sacrificed themselves for the struggle against apartheid. Their country, some of them were raided by, 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 by South African forces, but they still stood by us. We, we are not the people that should be doing what is happening right now. All right. Seth Mazibuko is back on the line. Hopefully, uh, we've sorted out our telephone gremlins. Uh, Seth, good morning to you. Good morning, good morning, and how are you? Uh, very, very well, thank you. And thank you so much for joining us here on the show today. You were part of uh, the 1976 change. Give us your thoughts since you've been there. You've seen what, what change can look like and what young people can do if, if they want to create a positive change uh, and a movement. Give us your thoughts on what you think about young people in South Africa today. Look, uh, the one thing that I have as a problem, I think we must be careful as South Africans, as to not find ourselves trapped into this that now we compare the youth of 1976 with the youth of 2015. Uh, you know, I always say this now, people laugh about it, that, you know, we are the youth of ovens and these are the youth of microwaves. So we have two <laughs> different... <laughs> 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 Now, 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 comparing a microwave to an oven is it, it, such a difficult thing. But what is it about those those uh, instruments? They cook and they bake. So we are all baking. So at such an era, young people get challenges, get challenges that are youth today are microwave challenges. The youth then they were oven challenges. Mm. Now you've got to find solutions that also speak to microwave and speak to what is this oven. Now, let's, let's, let's put that point aside. Now, if coming to the issue of xenophobia, for instance, I usually say, we see stones in 1976, and they used to think she'd be gathering the stones for reconstruction and development of South Africa and Africa as a whole. Now, when we were throwing stones, we are throwing stones facing a particular enemy in a form of apartheid. And the complication of the youth today is that as they are gathering stones, they try to also find themselves. They also try to, particularly gathering stones for building, the, what we scattered when we're throwing around, they've got to try and put together. And that is an insensitive and difficult project for our youth today. It's 
a very, very difficult one. That is why sometimes we find them so wrong in what they do. Whilst they are not wrong, but they're trying to put the stones to reconstruct themselves and to reconstruct the economy of our country. Bob, and now, having, okay? Yeah, go, go, go ahead, Bob Mazbuk. No, I, I, I was going to say, for instance, let's take the issue of xenophobia. This issue that we are faced with now in the country, and I, I, I don't even, I think we become a South African, we get trapped into a quick tagging of, you know, events or of whatever is happening in the country. We are quick to say, that's xenophobia. You know, deep underlying the xenophobia or what other people call criminality, now lately, underlying that, I was happy my brother that we are, we are speaking to, is an, is an issue of, one, as South Africans immediately after our liberation in 1994, we were quick to open up borders. We were very easy about it to open up borders whilst we're still RDP our country. And now the space that is supposed to serve first the people of the country is occupied at a larger scale but not only Africans, by the way, also Chinese and other nations. So, now we are fighting for the resources that are limited. And our young people are at the center of those limited economic and social resources. So, Bamazubuko, does that mean you support uh, the xenophobic violence? Come again? Does that mean you support the xenophobic violence? I, no, I'm not. I'm saying, let us not xenophobia just like that. Let us go down to what is causing this behavior of people who have been living together for long. As South Africans, we have been living with Mozambicans for a long time in minds and everywhere. As South Africans, we have been li- living with people of Lesotho and even went to South African own men. Even as South Africans, we have been living with people from Zimbabwe for a long time, and we've got intermarriages that came out of that. Am I making a point? But now the point is now this question that we're faced with at the moment is just beyond the xenophobia. Underlying underneath the car issues that our government must address. And, you know, I was talking to a colleague now and saying, also our government seems to be very reactive. Issues that, are, that now are explaining themselves as xenophobia are issues, economic and social developmental issues, which our government was up, even the very issue, if you call it xenophobia, you understand? It has long been sounding or we've long been seen somewhere in the horizon coming, coming our way. And it has been just been taken very easy up until it came to fire that it is. But Mazibuko, I just want, you know, we, we're getting a lot of uh, discussions around what you're saying uh, on WeChat. Someone said, I think my biggest problem is that the foreigners are allowed to enter the country before seeking asylum. That makes me wonder what happens to those who do not get asylum. The question for me, though, is who cares if uh, they come into our, they're coming into our borders. Surely we should, we should really be excited by the fact that we've got a whole bunch of people who don't have uh, the, the the same situation in their country, and they're excited about the prospects of a better future in South Africa, and so they are pumped. They want to make a difference. And so they come here and they set up shop, quite literally, or do other things, and actually make a difference and inspire our economy. Surely that should be something that's recognized, and surely we should be like, yes, that's awesome. That pushes all of us in South Africa to make a better difference. I'll give a hand to that. I'll, I'll be amongst, particularly when the South African economy has got to be built by African people, I'll give a hand to that. But that needs some order. That needs application of law. That needs um, th- th- that needs some controls. Uh, we don't say to 
the very people that are coming to us or that are coming to South Africa. Uh, my point is that they're coming in at a particular time when South Africa was even trying to find itself. By the way, we are a 21-year youth. We are still young. We are still trying to find ourselves. Our young people, the very ones that some of us in 1976 knew what the key of liberation for them, still want to actually have the fruit of that tree, or at least the shade of the tree that was watered by the grass. Now, at the moment, they find themselves not even occupying the shade of that tree, but they find themselves having to share the tree, and there's nothing wrong in sharing the tree. But now, if you're, instead of sharing the tree, you are being kicked out of the tree, and other people are now occupying it because they've got skills, they've got, uh, they've got means, once they were running away from whatever they are, that's only the problem. They helped us as South Africans during the time of apartheid. And we say thank you for that. But can you give us a space that we get ourselves together, we get our youth becoming stronger, occupying positions, and so that when they welcome you, they welcome you in a space that is ready to welcome your skills and your businesses. But Mazuguko, um, if we as a generation are, are to not be accused, like the generation of white people who, who we have said sat back and allowed apartheid to happen, if we as a generation are not to be accused of, of allowing xenophobia to happen in 20 years time when the next generation looks down at us at this moment in time, sees that we were inactive at this moment in time, uh, if we want to make sure that we are not accused, uh, you know, you, you, you have said yourself, I mean, I listened to an inspiring talk by you where you you said you have lived through three stone ages. The one where you were throwing yeah. stones yeah. at the police. There's the second yeah. one when you were on Robben Island quarrying stones. And the final yeah. one where you're now helping as part of the June 16 Youth Development Foundation to gather the yeah. stones for reconstruction and development. So I've, I've heard, I've heard you say those words. Um, but yeah. if, if we are to be, if we are to, to, to not be accused by the next generation that we sat by, uh, and did not at least throw stones at the attackers of the, for, of, of the foreigners, um, um, what should we be doing as young people, practically? Okay, okay. okay. Just you, we just had, um, I'm employed by the Moral Regeneration Movement. I work as the Chief Operations Officer there. And uh, we with the UN uh, were starting conversations. Actually, when, when the issue of xenophobia you know, started for instance, in Arnaudi, and the to in Snake Park, we we had what's called the Voices of People and also the Conference on Coexistence. We started now to see people from the ground speaking about their frustrations. So some of the frustrations that I'm indicating now came from the ground. Actually, I can tell you now that you know, we are now going to areas in cases and, you know, with the flashpoint areas to also hold those coexistence uh, conversations where we are asking, uh, where we are saying foreign nationals what is it that you need to do when you come to a community that is already existing? And you, the hosting community, how do you receive uh, your, 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 nation, your foreign national? Now, there's been a conversation already that is starting, and it is leading to a national dialogue of, actually, we are even hoping that in case of, and it's going to lead the provincial dialogue, that later will lead to a national conversation. Well, Mazibuko, your line is getting, uh, unfortunately, is, is, is dying a little bit there. But thank you so much. I think we get the sentiment of what you're saying.
Interesting to hear someone who, who is part of June 1976 he was the youngest guy to, to go into Robben Island, uh, actually almost justifying in a way. I don't know if you felt that, but I, I definitely got a sense of saying, you know, he's saying, yo, but look at this. This is, this is why, this is why we are so angry about our foreigners. I, I'm perplexed by this. I think this goes back to, this goes back to the issue of this being a wicked problem, being a messy problem. I, I don't think he was justifying it, but, but what I do, what I do think is he's saying that we need to look, we need to look deeper and say, you know, instead of simply condemning, uh, uh, the likes of Lebo, for example, we need to, we need to maybe stop going in with exclamation marks and maybe go in with some question marks and, and ask, you know, what's going on and really find ways of addressing it. It's very easy, Andrew, for me and you who sit in this air conditioned studio, who, <laughs> who, who drive in the streets of, of Santon and so on to, to, to point fingers. Um, but you know, one's reality cannot be. You know, in Jamaica they say, "He who feels it, he he who feels it knows it." You know, and 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 we don't really feel what they're going through. And and what 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 he has just said has made me think. You know, I need to maybe be a little bit more reflective uh, in my judgment. I still believe it is wrong. I still believe that what is happening is wrong. Um, but we we need to be a little bit more reflective about what. See, he's my saying. concern is what Seth said. There was a really interesting thing. The guy speaks in great analogies: the three stones, the stone age and the tree where he said uh, there's so many people under the tree now and uh, we need to make space and how are we going to get to this tree but actually what i feel is happening is that there's more trees being grown uh, by having foreign nationals in our country because they're growing the economy you know someone uh, made the point in wechat that even if they send money home they've still got to do it through some kind of financial institution or through an sms which then obviously gets charged and we make money as an economy yes there but, are more trees being grown but let's look at let's look at uh, who's involved in that transaction um does any of that end up in the hands of that person who is his neighbor these things are going through financial institutions that the people have no interest in so the beneficiary of 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 this growing economy are not the people in these communities. So so I can definitely understand where where he's coming from in terms of saying, well, look, we watered the tree, we watered the the tree of freedom with our blood. Um, this generation is supposed to be watering the tree of freedom with its with its sweat, with hard work. And if they can't find the opportunities for that, then 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 it's almost justified. Although, but are they willing to work? Well, are they willing to work? And the, the foreign nationals didn't arrive here and say give us work they've started their exactly. own initiatives as well so that that's that's on the other hand yeah all right uh, we've been uh, getting a whole bunch of uh, wechat's tweets going through it's absolutely nuts thank you so much for joining this conversation that's what it's all about really uh, we want to just speak to one last person zakravadi she is uh, part of the Ahmed katrada foundation um, uncle kathy over there another stalwart of south african history we just want to find out exactly what she has to, t- to say regarding uh, these xenophobic attacks zakra good morning to you Zakra? No, we seem to have lost. You see these gremlins, they're coming to us. On Twitter, uh, interesting enough, uh, Deborah Patter said, exactly which jobs and houses are foreigners taking? They employ South Africans, rent local rooms, put money into the economy. That's direct money when they rent uh, from, uh, from people in South Africa. Yeah, that's so not, that's not the big institutions that we talk about in Santon. That's happening at a local, local level. I still say it, it, it's a wicked problem. Um, it, it's not yes indeed. The three people that they, that benefit from it. We're talking about societal issues here. And, and, and we need to be addressing those. Now, again, I say, we do need to be, we do need to be, we do need to be stopping the xenophobia. We do need to be taking 
direct action. So, so this does not justify it. But I'm st- we're starting to get a sense that, you know what, on the ground, the people who are living amongst these foreigners perhaps have a different sense. Absolutely. As we see, so just quickly on WeChat, uh, says, with all the challenges we are facing in the country, how can I justify taking another human's life? Our public figures need to be accountable for the mismanagement of funds affecting growing our economy. It's a very, very interesting point coming back to a thing called <clears throat> Nkadla. Anyway, uh, Zakravadi is on the line now. Hopefully, Zakra, good morning to you. Good morning. Thanks very much for having me. Absolute pleasure. Zakra, you've been seeing all the these uh, xenophobic attacks uh, in the news and happening around South Africa. What's your position on it? And what is the Ahmed Katrada's uh, foundation's position on it? We strongly, we strongly condemn these attacks. The Katrada Foundation, as well as the Nelson Mandela Foundation, issued out a joint statement a couple of days ago, um, just basically calling on people to stop these attacks, condemning the attacks in the strongest possible manner, and calling for solutions. I think um, we need to, to find common ground amongst all South Africans. We need to be united on the problem. And what we, we are saying is that um, May 25th is celebrated as Africa Day. And usually there's song and dance and whatever else that goes on with celebrations. But we are calling on people to pledge to fight against xenophobia in the lead up to Africa Day so that we can truly show what it means to be African and that we can truly show a united spirit on that day. Uh, Zakra, as you mentioned, you issued a joint statement with the Nelson Mandela Foundation. Um, of what present value are the accolades and the legacy of Katrada and his contemporaries if they cannot inspire us or shine a light for us in these dark times? So do these legacies have any relevance in the current context or do they simply belong in a museum somewhere next to the road statue if, we, if, if they are unable to, 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 to intervene and shine a light and inspire us and actually get us to stop doing what we're doing? I think the legacies are of immense value. Um, I think history as a whole is very important. It's not something that should just remain in a museum and be dusted every now and again. It's something that needs to be alive and real. And I think there's a lot that we can learn from it. So if we look at two examples during the lives of these two wars, if you look at 1949, there were similar sort of riots in the Nepal region, but between Indians and Africans taking place. And again, there the ANC and the Nepal Indian Congress intervened and brought and restored calm to the area. If you look at um, leadership again being displayed during the time of these two individuals, the time that Kurt Hani was assassinated, you had leadership coming to the front, calling for calm on the ground, and that calm being restored on the ground itself. So I think in this sense as well, at least the legacies of these two souls can call on people, be calm, to, to stop the rioting, to stop the looting, to stop the killing and the violence especially. And I think that South Africans not only should listen, but they have a duty to listen to these leaders, to these moral figures of our time. But but are they listening? So so yes, that happened in the past, and these things are happening right now. We're not seeing any leaders stand up and stand in the gap as we are asking the archbishop. We're not seeing that sort of leadership. So so what? How are these legacies then assisting us in the present? I think these legacies are asserting themselves in the present. I think the mere fact that these two voices can come out on a particular issue, united on this topic, um, and basically call publicly for calm, can call publicly for the restoration of calm. I think that in itself is quite an important step. And then you have people on the ground who are going out there and doing things. So if you look at uh, recently in, in Soweto when the xenophobic incidents took place, you had someone like Mini Mandela on the ground going into different communities and calling and, and calling on people to stop the violence, the xenophobic violence. And if you look at um, the, the David situation now, I mean, the Katrada Foundation is mainly based in Gauteng, 
So as far as we can try and intervene, we would be able to do so. And in any way possible, what we're saying is that this is just not really a, a figurehead sort of a call. The two foundations are saying that in any way that we can contribute or assist those who are trying to implement the plan of action to combat xenophobia, we would be willing to do that as well to help where necessary and where possible. So I think it's about a practical plan as well, as well as the overall call for a moral stance on this issue. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Zakra, for, for coming through. Uh, you, everybody heard for themselves. If they are doing something, uh, executing uh, a plan of action, they should just call the, the Catrada Foundation or the Nelson Mandela Foundation, uh, who would be willing to support. Thank you very much, Zakra. Thank you very much. That's uh, Zakravadi from uh, the Ahmed Katrada Foundation. Uh, just interesting, I think, you know, to wrap it up, Rory, because we, we have uh, unfortunately run out of time. You can catch the podcast if you missed any of this, www.cliffcentral.com. Hit us up on Friday. It's the Konza Show with Rory and Andrew. Um, I think one of the comments that came from Edward Zuma probably sums us up really nicely. Edward, our friend Edward, said, I'm not going to stop telling the truth. Government must stop running away from addressing this issue because these people are expected to go back into their communities and we uh, would have wasted taxpayers' money uh, to accommodate them. Edward was born in Swaziland. His mother is Swazi. So actually, he is a foreign national. Here in South Africa. Mm. And he's also the president's son. Mm. And he said those comments, mm. which is totally, totally unbelievable, unacceptable, and unwarranted. Who's this man's father? Who raised him? <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, what family does oh, this guy come from? Oh, Rory, we're getting into trouble there, but, uh, man. We're into trouble there, But man. I think, uh, I think Andrew, in wrapping up, you know, he also points a finger at government. And uh, w- what has come out clearly is really that we need to own this, all of us. And I'm not talking about... Uh, the guys, the guys up in, in the union buildings. I'm talking about you and me. We are all leaders in, in, in different aspects of society. We need to be taking ownership of this as a problem that we have caused or that we have allowed to happen. Mm. So how are we making sure that we are preventing this from happening? How are we making sure that when it is happening, we are intervening in meaningful ways so that we don't just come after the fact and just tweet or send a statement or even march? And how do we come after the fact and make sure that we're providing the necessary relief? Let us call on all of our, our parliamentary representatives and ask them to hold the people who have said these irres- irresponsible statements to account. Pull back the money for, uh, that, that's been given to King's Valley Tini, for you example. You mean pull back the 167 million rand of taxpayers' money that we pay for King Goodwill and his, his, his space in KwaZulu-Natal? That is taxpayers' money. We need to make sure that we, 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 we demand from our, our, our national representatives, to our public representatives, to make sure that that money is not going into funding people who are pulling pulling us into disrepute listen you can check out the podcast it has been an incredibly interesting show thanks so much for joining us if you if you have been part of it and thanks so much for your wechats your tweets uh your facebook messages we can't keep up with all of them this is not done yet xenophobia is still going to be around there's more to come from this and uh, you can be sure that uh, both rory and i will be following this with a very very close eye and uh, there's more to come here guys yeah, go out there and change the world, guys. See you next week. Hey, listen, the sex show is up next with Jonty and the Sexy Spider. Have yourself a fantastic Friday and a good weekend. Hey, to finish up, we thought we'd play Laura Mvula, Green Gone. What a cool song. Happy Friday. Cliffcentral.com.